Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Show. Today we have Zell, Leo, your pal Gordo. We're going to break down potential playoff scenarios. Happy 2022, everybody. Potential playoff scenarios. We're going to go through the biggest disappointments, and we're going to take a look at how the rookies are actually might be positively rounding into form. Who knows? We'll take a deep dive through that. But let's kick it off. Give no fucks, getting busy at the cut. Nigga, what? And we do it to a Miss Biddy. Sing the song, shy nigga, but I think she pretty. So a song, baby. All right, so playoffs have pretty much taken shape uh, across the landscape. In order for the, I'll just walk through the scenarios real quick, and then we're going to cut, cut right into it here. Leo's Titans have the one seed, uh, Chiefs and two. Bengals 3, Bills 4, Patriots 5, Colts 6, Chargers 7. The only way that the AFC can move around at all is if the Chargers lose to the Raiders and the Colts somehow lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's start here. Zell, Chargers, Raiders. Any chance of the Chargers pulling an upset here over the uh, the Raiders pulling an upset here over the Chargers? I think there's a chance. Um, the Raiders have been kind of frisky, and I don't know what it is about them. They've had like a roller coaster of a season. Um, we don't have to dive too much deep into that. I'm pretty sure everybody knows, but I I just like the Chargers overall better as a team. Um, I would say they like an eighty twenty chance. Um, I see the Chargers pulling it out, but like I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders won it. But um, I, I think the Chargers will hold it down and get this W. Leo? Uh, I mean, I think the Chargers are going to win. Honestly, I don't care either way, but uh, I, I hope that the Chargers win because I would much rather see Justin Herbert. than. Uh, well, can the Chargers be eliminated if they lose? Yes. So if the Colts win... And then the Chargers lose to the Raiders. The Raiders will take the Colts spot. Oh, wait, take the Colts spot? Take I mean, the Raiders spot. will take the Oh, Chargers okay, spot. I'm down for anything. They're both 9-7. That... They're both 9-7, and seven and they play this week. Some fucking how. Some fucking how those two teams play this week for a playoff spot. Okay, okay, I get it. I thought you were going to say the Colts could get knocked out. I was going to say I'm in favor of any scenario where the Colts mm-hmm. end up getting knocked out. But... Uh, Chargers Raiders I mean it's a divisional game I I feel like we can't really expect anything one way or another again I hope Justin Herbert and them boys make the playoffs over Derek Carr because who the fuck's trying to watch Derek Carr and the Raiders in the playoffs not not me I think the Chargers and the Raiders can both get in if the Colts somehow lose to the Jaguars I think uh, Th- that's not okay, going to happen so here's how it works. yeah it ain't going to happen how it you works. know <laughs> it's a the possibility the Indianapolis Colts so if the Indianapolis Colts lose to the Jaguars, the Chargers and the Raiders can tie. And if they do, they both make the playoffs. Wild. Meaning if they were to come to an agreement midfield and go, hey, look, you tie, we tie, we win. And we both go into the playoffs. The Monday night game, Sunday night game, is Chargers versus Vegas because it is for whoever wins goes in. But if the Colts lose to Jacksonville, both the Chargers and the Raiders get in with a tie. That'd be crazy because they'd already know the outcome of that Colts-Jaguars game. Yes, 
because that's at one. Now, the other playoff scenario is if Jacksonville somehow beats Indy, the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, if Baltimore wins, they go in. If Pittsburgh wins, they have to wait to see the end of the Chargers-Raiders. So uh, Baltimore can get in with a Jacksonville loss. That's just not going to happen. Indianapolis is going to take care of business after a somewhat, I mean, kind of interesting loss to the Raiders last week. So uh, maybe something there. But Jonathan Taylor might run for like 400 yards. So the AFC picture is kind of going to be locked up. I'm going to put my pick here. I'm taking the Vegas Raiders. I think that after everything that happened to the Raiders, it would be probably the feel-good story of the AFC if the Raiders could make it in. They would have overcame so fucking much it's crazy to get into the playoffs. Uh, But that would lock up Tennessee, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. They're all kind of in their spots. If Buffalo loses this week and New England wins, then they'll flip-flop. New England plays Miami at 425. Buffalo hosts Zell, your Jets, in Buffalo at 425. Mm -hmm. So if the Buffalo Bills win and the New England Patriots lose, the Buffalo Bills take take that seat. So there is some left in terms of what's moving around. I think the big thing is this. The Tennessee Titans have to just beat Houston to make the play, to make the one seat. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and tell everybody, uh, I bet (laughs) the Titans two weeks ago, uh, I don't remember at 3am I was blacked out and I put 150 bucks at 17 to one for the Titans to win the whole thing. That's when the best thinking comes. Fuck yeah, (laughs) man. That's what I'm (laughs) talking. I, I am, I am announcing it here. I am riding the Tennessee Titans, and I believe the Tennessee Titans will win the Super Bowl. Okay. I think they have the best defense, the best offense, rounding into form for the playoffs. They play tough. They fit the run well. This is a gritty fucking team. And don't look now, but they may just actually get healthy during their bye week, and people are going to have to come through Tennessee. It's going to be cold. It's going to be ugly. Um, I'm getting a lot of shit for this. A lot of shit for this. But I am riding the Tennessee Titans through the playoffs. You know, see Matt. why you should get a lot of shit for it. Because if they finish with a one seed, like, things are lining up perfect for them. Derrick Henry coming back. They get a bye. You get more rest for A.J. Brown. Like, I don't see why you'd be getting shit for it. My bad, Leo. I mean, because I'm a... Yeah, oh no, ahead. you're good. You're good. I've been waiting on this moment for some time now, so I, you know, I could sit here and wait for a little longer. <laughs> Look, man, I've been I've been touting Mike Vrabel as coach of the year since like week five, right? I've been on here almost every time we talk about it, saying stop sleeping on Vrabel. Vrabel deserves to be in that conversation. And at this point, I'm gonna go out on a limb, maybe not a limb. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little reckless here. If you don't have Mike Vrabel as the coach of the year, you could kiss my whole asshole, the whole thing. Yeah, you could kiss my ass because yep. the Titans set an NFL record for the most active player or the most players on the active roster in a season. Uh, they've had injury after injury, COVID after COVID. The the offense was running through Chester Rogers at a certain point in the season, and Yikes. the Titans are about to have a first round bye. 
And, and yep. honestly, I'm trying not to get too excited because the Texans already beat us once this year. So, like, I, I'm not going to get too cocky. And, and I know that they would love to ruin the Titans' end of the season. So, they still need to take care of business in Houston. But like you guys say, uh, A.J. Brown is back and he's looking healthy. Tannehill's starting to look like himself again now that he has his favorite weapon. Julio, although he hasn't really done much this year, when he's on the field, the defense has to account for him, and, and he does make a difference out there even when he's not catching balls. And, and so he's coming off the COVID list this week. His hamstring now has had a couple weeks to, to rest. If the Titans get that first round, by, <laughs> it, it probably needs a couple more years to rest, honestly. But if there's a chance that we only need Julio for three games. So, yeah, I mean – best case scenario was the Titans getting this first round by and, and being mm-hmm. able to rest King Henry. Like you say, it's going to be cold as shit in Tennessee in December and January. Oh, we're already past December <laughs> in, in January and February. It's going to be cold as shit over there. Nobody wants to go over there, play the cold and have to tackle Derrick Henry. So Fuck right that. now, mm-hmm. fingers are crossed, man. If the Titans can get this first round by, give Derrick Henry an extra week of rest and we can go into that uh, divisional round game knowing that we're at home. I called the Titans to win the Super Bowl before the season, and that wasn't a, that was a homer pick. But I also really believed that this was the year that they could do it, and I'm standing by that. I think that they could win the Super Bowl, and if healthy and with a first round bye, I think they will win the Super Bowl. I think the Titans have a great shot at it because when I look around, let's let's take a look around the AFC first. This was a down year for the AFC. Um, there are some newcomers in here. Besides that, it's pretty much the old heads. Bengals making the playoffs, taking the AFC North. Uh, we can stop there for a quick second. The Ravens just never got healthy. <laughs> that got worse and worse and worse. Um, I, I ain't mad at the season. I think about eight weeks ago I told you all that I was down to just Lamar bust, and then we lost Lamar. So that was the end of that. The Bengals' chase is a freak of nature. Um that's going to be tough, but there are no warm weather cities or domes currently hosting playoff games. The Titans are cold, Kansas City is cold, Cincinnati is cold, and Buffalo is frigid. Those are the four places people are going to have to go to win playoff games this year. The Chargers, the Colts, the Patriots. I don't think the Colts and the Chargers want to play in that weather. Um, the Patriots do. They don't have a problem. Uh, any of those three teams, Chargers, Colts, Patriots, assuming that's the order in which they go in, which of those teams do you think can cause the most noise in the playoffs, Leo? Uh, I'm going to go with – I think Cincinnati's really dangerous if, if Joe Burrow's good. I mean, I think the last week we've seen Joe Burrow – or the last couple of weeks we've seen Joe Burrow throw for 500, throw for 400. This man's throwing the ball all over the field, and that kind of scares me personally. Uh, but – uh, I think the Chargers are the team that would probably scare me the most as a Titans fan, just because I, the Titans have trouble when it comes to mobile quarterbacks who can create on the run. And how many times have we seen Justin Herbert roll out the pocket and throw a 70-yard bomb? And, and I don't want the Titans to have to play against that because I think that's the scenario where they get beat. And so, yeah, I, I would say the Chargers, for me, are the scariest team that, that's in there. But I don't know if the Chargers would want to play in the cold. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I the Chargers on paper like have like the scariest talent. But I personally think the Colts are out of those three teams. You said the Colts, the Chargers, and New England are the scariest. And trust me, 
It's not because of Carson Wentz. It's strictly, it's strictly because of Jonathan Taylor and that Frank Wright finally decided to give him 80% or whatever it is of the touches and stop messing around with Nahi Hines running the ball. Um, for those cold weather places that you have to play, you have to have good defense and be able to run the ball. So I think the Colts can at least do that. And if they're going to take the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands and put it in Jonathan Taylor's, they are the scariest to me. So out of those three teams, um, I don't trust anything New England New England can do. We already saw what happens when you try to put the ball in Mac Jones' hands. Um, and the Chargers are just they're If they have to go on the road in the cold, I just don't fully trust them like that. If they were playing in a dome or if they were playing in one of the warm weather shoes, I would definitely take them. But um, having to go on the road in the cold, Taylor's the best running back on either, any of those teams. So, And Frank Wright will give him the ball. So that's strictly why I say they would probably be the best out of those three teams. I'm not going to lie. If I'm another team in the AFC, not named the Tennessee Titans, I am probably looking at the Colts a little a little scared for the right. reasons that you just said. The Titans have beat them twice this year. One of those games was overtime, so I, you know, I can't talk too reckless here. But uh, 2-0 in the division, I, I would be very comfortable playing the Colts. I don't – I do not give a single fuck about the Colts. I mean, I think that team is as fraudulent as you can get. I'm sorry. Yes, you can run the ball, and that's fine. Their defense is okay. It's really not great. And you really want Carson Wentz in a playoff game? Yeah, you're right. They are running the ball with Jonathan Taylor. That's because every time Carson Wentz fucking touches the ball, it's like, oh, my God, is this man going to cost us? Yeah, I don't trust him at all. Like, you, <laughs> you have that thought every time he goes back. I just don't trust that for three playoff games. Uh, actually, the when he won his only Super Bowl, he didn't play in the playoffs. So, uh, <laughs> I barely trust him I for one really, playoff game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I and I look at it. I go, look, you know, right now it's pretty hot. We would get Chargers Chiefs, which would be a rematch, right? Both teams won a game in the regular season. We would get Patriots Bills. Both teams won a game in the regular season. They actually both won at each other's houses. So this would be a really, really weird matchup. Colts Bengals, I think, is really funny. I think the here's what I think. I think the Bengals secondary is soft. Their linebackers are soft. That whole team doesn't want to tackle on the back end. They rush the passer well, but they got no one in the secondary that even knows how to play football. They have an insane offense. It would be a weird matchup of the Colts running the ball the whole game to control the clock and the Bengals hucking back and just throwing it deep over and over again. Not even deep, just throwing it and letting chase. The AFC side's got a lot of energy going around on it. Um, some good matchups, and all around they're going to be good teams that have quality wins all year long. Now, flipping into the NFC, we are going to get almost the opposite. I don't think any of these teams in the NFC, except the Green Bay Packers, have solid footing on the ground. The Packers at the one seed, 13-3, and three, most likely going to hold that down and ride through in a first-round bye, which is crazy. Aaron Rodgers now is in the last four years. He's 13-3, 13-3, 13-3, and if they win tomorrow, he'll be 14-3. The unanimous, I mean, he should be the unanimous MVP. Some people are saying they won't do it for his COVID takes. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Um, that's stupid. Aaron Rodgers, anyone think Aaron Rodgers isn't the runaway MVP? Mm, I mean, after the last couple of weeks, I thought Brady had a good handle on it for a while. But at this point in the season, yeah, I got to give it to Rodgers. Yeah, it should be Rodgers. Um, Like Leo said, at this point in the season, I just don't think they'll give it to him just because he won it last season. And then, unfortunately, for the 
you know, biased ass people with the COVID stuff and all that. But he definitely should win it. Yeah, I don't I don't know who else you'd give it to. You can say Brady. I mean, if you gave it to Brady over Rodgers, I'd be like, what are we doing? <laughs> Not at this point. Um, hey, LaFleur was my uh, preseason coach of the year pick, and that might look pretty good. I mean, I think that it should that go to Vrabel, but LaFleur is yeah. definitely deserving. Yep. I don't know who the fuck's going to get coach of the year. Like, I don't know. I think the final right now, looking at who's making the playoffs, um, Zach Taylor for the Cincinnati Bengals is an option. Although I think that that team really, it's that's such a weird team. I mean, they really might have actually had the easiest division to go to all said and done the final six weeks of the season. I will put him third um, after Vrabel and LaFleur right now. Yeah, Vrabel, LaFleur, I'd put both of them at the top. Um, I'm not giving anything to, I mean, maybe, you know, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia might deserve some credit. Uh, turning that team around, they have potential to go 10 and 7. I mean, this was a team people thought would be bottom feeders in that division, and they might finish two games behind the Cowboys uh, with a 10 and 7 record. So we'll see. But let's take a look at let's take a look at who's in, who's out, and what the scenarios are. Um, Philadelphia, who is in the seventh seed right now, has somehow already clinched a playoff spot. So. All the Philadelphia uh, Eagles are technically behind San Francisco in the rankings. They have clinched a playoff spot. The New Orleans Saints, it, with a win over the San Francisco 49ers, can get into the playoffs. So um, the San Francisco 49ers play the L.A. Rams. The New Orleans Saints play Atlanta. They play both at 425. If San Francisco loses to the Rams and the Rams do want to win, if the Rams win, they lock in the second seed. And in a weird world where the Packers lose, um, they would move into the first seed. The Packers play Detroit at 1 o'clock. So I think that's going to be over kind of quickly. Um but New Orleans gets a chance to play, uh, and if they win and San Francisco loses, New Orleans with the Frankenstein QBs that they have would move into the sixth seed and really make the NFC playoffs horrifically ugly. Um, now, the funny thing is if the 49ers get jumped by New Orleans, New Orleans will play Tampa Bay in the first Yes, game, who they are 2-0. and I promise you, I was sitting here about to ask you if there's a way that New Orleans plays Tampa because I know Tom don't want no parts of that so that's how it could go down right now Packers will probably slide in that one seat with Detroit the Rams will probably win their game now the Rams are playing the uh the Rams are playing who the 49ers the Rams are playing um Yep, the 49ers at 425. So if they lose, if the Rams lose and the Buccaneers win, the Buccaneers will flip them and Tampa Tampa has a chance to move up. So that's going to be a must-watch game uh, for seeding purposes. The Buccaneers are a little in shambles, losing um, Godwin to the ACL and now Antonio Brown. And let's park the car. We should have beat them Sunday, bro. Oh, my God. I wish. Zell. You were watching this game as a Jets fan. We don't know 100% what happened with Antonio Brown. Um, but what's your takeaways from that game? Um, well, from the Buck side of it, the stuff with AB, yep. I mean, I was I was so confused because I was like, wait, is he – he took off his jersey and his pads yeah. and everything? Like, what's, what's, what, what? And then I saw, like, they had, like, the shot during the game of him, like, in the end zone just, like, trying to hype the crowd up. I'm like, bro, what is going on? Yeah. I was so confused, and um, as you already pointed out, 
Evans just came back off the hamstring. He looked pretty healthy this game, but um, they're already down Godwin. So they should have Fournette back for the playoffs, but they just haven't been looking too good. To be completely honest, like the Jets controlled that whole game, literally. Yep, they we did. ran for uh, over 150 yards on them. Um, one of the Bucks' strengths last year was their run defense, and this year it's not the same. And that's not a good formula going into nope. the playoffs. Um, Zach, that was honestly Zach Wilson's best game from start to finish with just the reads he was making. He was quick. He was decisive. No turnovers. Um, everybody wants to point to, yeah, I know that, you know, fourth down play and things like that. But re- regardless, for the whole game, they controlled the whole game. And that's not a good look for a team who has championship yeah. aspirations, to be honest. We are down half of our starters. Like, Braxton Berrios, no, no disrespect to him, he's great. But when all of our wide receivers are healthy, he's the fourth or fifth wide receiver on our team. You know, half of the O-line is out. Our two top two tight ends were out. And Zach Wilson, you know, had elevated everybody, and we should have won that game. So it's not a good look for the Bucs. Um, no. Yeah, what do y'all think? That... Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, what do you guys think about the fact that A.B. did all that and they say he's done and they haven't actually released him? <laughs> do you think that Tom? Because they don't want him to go. I right. thought that right. too. I'm not surprised about that. I... They don't want somebody else to pick him up and then hit them have to face AB like regardless uh, of all those antics and things like that they know how talented he is so that's why they haven't yep. cut him yet <laughs> you know uh, he's playing in the playoffs i don't know if this is breaking news to anyone but if if AB's on that roster in the playoffs i bet he's playing because i oh, bet I, I tom walks you. right into bruce's office and is like bruh <laughs> yep. bruh i need AB out there so do what you mm-hmm. gotta do but AB's playing <laughs> right right yep. tom does not want anything to reminisce of him having no weapons in new england like part of the reason he chose tampa was because they already had godwin in place mike evans in place and then he got gronk and ab on discount so yeah he he gonna walk right up to jason light and uh bruce Arians and be like uh-uh nah cut the shit AB cut him after the season but he's staying here for the rest of the season facts this is why i'm fading the buccaneers big this this is all what we're talking about. All the conversations happening behind the scenes, trying to figure this out. What are we doing? Bruce Arians publicly saying AB's done. AB has not been cut yet. Tom Brady coming out saying we need to feel for the man, um, which is just peak Tom. You know, being like, well, you know, I don't really want him gone, so I'm not going to say anything bad about it. But I mean, fuck, if it was just a middling player that quit in the middle of the game, Tom Brady probably would have came out and been like, you know, we're just moving. Forward forward um, i get it instead, though it's a lot of, you know sometimes yeah, your homie he, acts a little reckless and you know that they acted a little reckless but to the public you got to be like ah you know yeah uh, we're gonna, we <laughs> yeah, gonna look that's past not that a one. little reckless <laughs> that's what it is that, yeah. this is how reckless it is y'all ever seen that before seen what i've never seen yeah what ab did oh no, 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 yeah. no. not to that no. extent nope it's not a little reckless you quit on the team at halftime who knows what happened oh we, we've gotten some reports of what might have happened they might have told him to leave, yeah. and if they did, then it's still reckless. But, yeah. like, yeah, you could come back. <laughs> yeah, if you go, hey, I'm not getting in the game. I'm... So here's the, other, here's the other side of this. If A.B. is hurt to the point that his ankle isn't any good, then he's not playing the rest of the season. Right? Yeah. If your ankle's so bad that you can't go back in the game, you're probably going to miss a couple weeks. Yeah. That's, I'm sure he's going to miss this and you, And you probably aren't running off the field, skipping yes, and jumping. Yes, yep. <laughs> If it was, yeah. Yeah. 
that's where I go. The report that he was hurt and wouldn't go back in the game. I'm like, I don't really know what happened. But the man ran off the field, jumped in the air multiple times, threw his arms in the air. If that's a bad ankle, I can understand why Bruce Aarons was like, you got to get back in the game. We need you. Because <laughs> that ankle doesn't look bad. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, let me just run 100 yards uh, off the field, r- jump into the end zone, jump into the air a couple times and land on it. It's I can't. I couldn't possibly play on it, though. Um, so it sounds like A.B. quit on the team. Tom Brady, though, is not going to let his legacy die so he's basically putting all team chemistry and everything else to the side and saying you're gonna have to make this work Bruce we'll see what happens there uh really for me I don't think that any team can beat Green Bay in this NFC pile the Dallas Cowboys look routinely terrible on offense despite having they just lost Gallup but they had they touted three number ones with Cooper Gallup and CeeDee they have Zeke, Tony Pollard. Their offensive line is fine. And they have Dak Prescott. Schultz is good, too. That offense. Tied in. Yeah, and the defense is good, mm-hmm. too. They they cannot get anything going. They cannot look dominant against good teams. They routinely look terrible against good teams. I think this Dallas Cowboys team is aimed at an easy first-round loss. They would get a rematch at home against the Cardinals, who they just got whipped up on last week. So... Cardinals, Cowboys, 49ers, Buccaneers, Eagles, Rams. Zell, out of those three games, let's say that all locks in. And and just for some reference, the Eagles get in with a win against, I think it's, um, uh, I thought it was Washington, but it is not. The Eagles play. uh, Didn't the Giants? The Eagles play. No, Washington plays the Giants at 1 p.m. I do not. Why does this? schedule not have the they play the cowboys on it. yeah oh they cowboys play saturday they play saturday that's why mm-hmm. yeah so they're gonna play that game if they win that game they lock into their seventh seed if they well they could technically get into the sixth seed if um 49ers lose it's it's really where the nfc side every single team apparently has a cakewalk to get in uh the nfc side really we don't know where everyone's going to land yeah. except for green bay is going to beat detroit everybody else can still move around um i think that they're going to see a lot of movement i don't know if the rams are going to beat the 49ers i don't know if the eagles are going to be able to to pull their game out against dallas it's in philly maybe dallas is already looking at the playoffs dallas really can't move out of the four seed so I, maybe they rest a bunch of starters. Uh, I know Mike McCarthy, regardless, will not have them ready for this game. So um, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Let's say the playoffs go in today, and this is the records, and this is how it goes in. Eagles at Rams, 49ers at Buccaneers, Cardinals at Cowboys. Um, you think the biggest upset, Zell, the biggest chance at an upset is going to be Cardinals at Cowboys? And the way they just handled them this past week, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um I really do like the way the Eagles are playing too, though. Um, yeah, they just continue to lose like running back after running back, and it doesn't matter who they put in there; they're still dominating. You know, the run game. That offensive line deserves a bunch of credit. Um, Jason Kelsey on there, Lane Johnson—they're dominant, man. Um, dominant. They really are. They win. I feel like every game they win in the trenches. <laughs> you know, like. They rarely yep. get beat. And when you ask Hurts to make plays, he does. You know, he might not be as efficient of a passer. He might not be great with, you know, the timing and stuff like that. But the dude is a playmaker. 
So um, I, I think that game, if it ends up being like that, would be interesting too. 49ers Bucks would interest me a lot, but I just I don't know. I I, I think they might their defense might be able to get stops, but Jimmy G or Trey Lance really kind of going toe to toe with Brady offensively. Yeah, I don't think that would hold up. So yeah, I think it would probably would be the Cardinals and you know the Cowboys again, just because of the way they handled Dallas and made them look like a JV team this past week. I want to go back to something that, that you said, Matt. Yeah, you said definitely. that you don't see anyone beating the Packers, right? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. So yep. here's my issue with the Packers. First of all, we do this every single year. Like, how many times in a yeah, row have they yeah. been a 13, 12 win team? And then when the it comes to the playoffs, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen at the end. But the the thing that's holding me back from really believing in the Packers is yeah, they got 13 wins on the season. They're probably going to wrap up, or they already wrapped up the number one seed. But they have like three good wins this year. They, they beat the Cardinals yeah. by three. Yeah. They beat the Rams by eight. Is that it? Like, uh, that's probably they've been they oh, okay. I'm sorry. They beat the Bengals by three in October. So uh, they've yeah. they've played three oh, yeah, good games game. this season. I mean, they've played three good teams this season. This schedule looked like a a, a ten pack of ass. Now that I'm looking at it, like they they had a cakewalk <laughs> to 13 yeah. wins. So I'm not ready to go all in on the Packers because again they they've played like three teams with a winning record and one this year. So uh, I'm not incredibly impressed when I look at their competition. Now, I just, when I look at, like, and here's the thing, I would much rather play the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the 49ers, or the Eagles. I'd rather play any six of those teams before I played the Colts. And I'd rather the play the Colts than the or Bills. You, oh, no, no, really no, the no, Colts? I'm talking about the AFC. Oh, okay, okay. Like, if, I, if, if I'm, I would much rather play those teams than a team like going to New England going to Indianapolis or and, and that's not even talking about I would rather play all six of those teams before I played the Bills the Bengals the Chiefs or the Titans I would much rather have to win a playoff game against Tampa Bay I think to Zell's point their defense is in utter shambles uh, they keep losing people uh Bruce Arians say Devin White is not hurt he's just playing poorly that's not great um their offense continues to lose people and looks just out of sorts. Dallas, I'm not scared of at all. And I'm I watched Matt Stafford the last three weeks, and that guy wants to turn the ball yeah, he over hasn't looked more good. than any other player. And so when I look at the NFC and what the Packers are gonna have to go up against, the teams that scare me the most are the Cardinals, who are gonna have to be on the road three times. Maybe the Eagles because they can run the ball, but the Eagles, like two weeks ago, just got whipped by Washington. Um, it, you know, the Packers have an easy schedule. I mean, where, how far down on the NFC list do you get before you would rather play an NFC t uh, or an AFC team over an NFC? I mean, even a team like the Chargers scares me more than a team like Dallas. So I think the, when we look at the Packers, they're going to host another NFC championship game. If they lose that, that would be so fitting because, like Leo said, they've done that three times. But who in the NFC is fucking scaring you? Like, honestly, um, I, I have uh, – <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I actually have a Titans-Packers Super Bowl matchup card at 35-1. to 1. So I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm all over this. Uh, but – I don't see any team going into Green Bay when it's freezing. And that's the other thing. Look at these three teams that could go up there. Matt Stafford in the fucking frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Tom Brady up in Lambeau. 
Dak Prescott and the Cowboys going to Green Bay. Ah, man, I don't see any of them winning that. I, I don't know how they could pull if it If the out. Bucks can get their shit together and get healthy, I know they have um, Shaq Barrett's coming back for the playoffs, Fournette's coming back, and as Leo said earlier, A.B. definitely going to play. Um, they went up there last year and beat them, even though, you know, yep. it was a crazy game, some questionable calls, but they won. So if they can get their shit together within these next couple weeks, out of those teams you just said, Dallas, the Rams, Carl, I, I would have the most confidence in them. But as of right now, as we're talking today, and after I just watched that Jets-Bucks game, no. The way they look, not at yeah. all. Look, there's two people in all of sports that I will not bet against no matter what. I don't care who's on the other side. I'm not doing it. Number one is LeBron James. I'm not betting against him. Number two (laughs) is Tom Brady. I'm not putting money against Brady. Brady. So if you're asking me who I think is going to get it done at the end, I still think Tampa is going to find a way to be there. Um, at least in the NFC Championship. Now, if if it's Green Bay, Tampa at the at the end of the day, I don't know what happens there. But I I tell you, I'm not betting against Tom. And if you make me put money up, yep. it's gonna be on Tom. I think that the one seeds are gonna walk through uh, their playoff matchups. I think Green Bay's got a better shot because the NFC just doesn't have strong teams. But we'll see. All right, let's flip topics now. Let's talk about the most disappointing teams. And what we're going to do is we're going to consider all factors. We're going to take a look at did the team stay healthy, things in their control, things outside of their control, and where they laid up. I'm going to lay out my top three most disappointing teams, and then I've got one with a caveat. So number one for me, the most disappointing team I have – I really think Seattle Mm. was one of the most disappointing teams. I don't know. When you went into the season, like Russell Wilson missed some time with that finger, but when they had him, they didn't look good, and after, they just haven't looked good. Uh, What went wrong in Seattle, Zell? The Russell Wilson injury definitely factored into it, but like you said, even when he was there, they didn't look too great. Um I think that they hired um, Waldron. He was the OC for the Rams last season. And I remember before the season started, they were like, oh, um, he's coming from a, you know, division foe. We see how innovative the Rams are, how they, you know, run their offense. But honestly, as we see, that's really McVay. Um, And not not much changed. Like you have one of the, if not the most physically dominant and talented wide receivers in the NFL and all you do is tell him to run go routes and maybe a comeback. That's it. Like you don't even you barely put him in the slot. Like you should utilize him differently. I just don't think their offense it was predictable. Run the ball, run the ball, and try to do some play action. And their defense wasn't good at all. Like Jamal Adams, since he's been over there, and I know he Oof. ended. I'm pretty sure he ended the playoff game last year. He got hurt, and then he had a season-ending injury this year. But even when he was out there, he really wasn't that good. You know, they were utilizing him differently than how he was used with the Jets. More, you know, kind of downfield, in the box, getting pressure on the quarterback um, and things like that. He he just hasn't looked good. So I, I think both sides of the ball, they had a bunch of issues along with the injuries. But this offseason, there are probably going to be some big change there, as there should be. So I, I agree with them being, you know, the top disappointing team. All right. Leo, I'm throwing my number two team to you. Number two most disappointing team for you to break down. The Cleveland Browns. Ah, that's who this I was going to pick. Won a playoff. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Cleveland Browns. Uh, walk me through what just happened there. Uh, I think we found out that Baker Mayfield ain't it. 
you know, and I think that <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have some pie on my face for this one because coming out of that draft, I really did think that Baker Mayfield was gonna be you know one of the better quarterbacks in that draft, and I was wrong as fuck, super wrong. I look stupid as shit because Baker Mayfield looks terrible, and so uh, that's pretty much been the theme for the year. I mean, when Odell had that whole controversy and and everyone kind of started piling on Odell, like, hey, look, man, you're the one that's not producing. Baker's out there. He's just trying to do his job. The team's better without Odell. Look, Odell left, and he scored a touchdown in every game since he's left. You know, I, I think that shows mm-hmm. that the, the problem, a big source of the problem is the quarterback position, the most important position yep. in the in the whole league. I actually like the Browns defense still. I like the Browns run game. They need some receivers. They need a new quarterback. That, that pretty much sums up their year. They, they really need a new quarterback. Yeah, and I don't know what they're exactly going to get. Um, I, 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 I don't really... I don't know where you go. I mean, if we, we rewind three years ago, the Cleveland Browns had a treasure chest of uh, just a treasure chest of picks. That's all spent. Now they're down to being a regular team. Baker Mayfield turned out to not be the guy they thought they were getting. Um, I, I really think that this team is going to be in a bad, bad, bad spot for the next couple of years. They don't, like you said, they have some good talent on defense. Their quarterback, they're not going to pay. They, he just said he's getting shoulder surgery and is out for the year, so he is now going to do that. I, I, I just don't really like at all um, what I'm seeing with the Browns and how you're going to retool that. You're now down to two good. You have two good running backs. Hunt's probably gone after this year's over. I don't know where you're turning, though, um, for offense next year. Your offensive line's intact, which is good. You don't really have playmakers at wide receiver. You have a great possession receiver in Landry, uh, who's getting up there in age. Yeah, that was a disappointing year. I've got one other, so that's my biggest one from the AFC, biggest one from the NFC. I think a lot of these teams, you can kind of track where they were going or or weren't really. But I'm going to say this. If the Chargers do not make the playoffs, they will be my one seed for most disappointing team of the year. You were healthy all year. All your players, basically. All your super. You had some COVID issues. So did everyone. You were healthy. You didn't have a super tough schedule, and you still lost a bunch of games. Uh, really, games that you had no business losing. So, uh, do you guys think that the ch- if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, they'd be the most disappointing team? Or are you still going to hold Seattle and Cleveland above them? I would still hold Seattle and Cleveland. Yeah, you could probably make an argument with the Chargers. If they don't make it, the Chargers and Cleveland. I think Seattle should be one. Um, but uh, Herbert... He was really good this season. I just don't think he was. Yeah, really yeah, he was good. really good. <laughs> he was really good. But if they they should still they should still make the playoffs. But if they don't, uh, you could make an argument putting them over Cleveland. And the one thing with the Cleveland, I would say, is Baker did like he had some crazy injuries this season that he was playing through. Yeah. But even when he was healthy, like he didn't look good. Like Leo said, Baker yep. is not it. And. I don't I don't know which direction the Browns pivot to try to you know, are they gonna give them that extension or not? Like what what other QB options do they have? You know, but in, in regards to the Chargers, yeah, if they don't Case Keenum. Yeah. <laughs> Case Keenum, right? Um if they don't make the playoffs, then I would definitely put them in the top three for sure. Their defense was yep. not as good as it should have been. Like I think they were the, the no. worst rushing defense in the NFL. 
The bo- yeah, <laughs> they were terrible. And the other thing is, it's like, you know, we talk about how Baker Mayfield got hurt, and we know Russ got hurt. Justin Herbert played all mm-hmm. year long. Like, how do you lose? How, you know, I can look at Seattle and go, you never really got your season on track. I can look at the Browns and go, you fought until the second to last week of the year. You you had injuries everywhere. And obviously, the talent discrepancy between Herbert and Baker Mayfield is cataclysmic. You don't make the playoffs with a perfectly healthy quarterback. That The only thing keeping Justin Herbert from winning the MVP is their record. It's the only thing. And here we are. I mean, they lose to the Raiders. They're out. Mm-hmm. They're out. Just just nuts. Leo, you got any other disappointing I games? don't have any more. I, I was very prepared a couple weeks ago to put Miami on this list, but they turned their season around, so I'm going to leave them alone. Yeah. I just think that Cleveland is my biggest disappointment because, I mean, you're talking about last year a playoff team that was in a divisional round. Like, in the wild card round, they mm-hmm. whooped the Steelers' ass. And then even in the divisional yeah. round, they gave Kansas City a game. I mean, they only lost by five. So, going mm-hmm. into this season, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, Cleveland's ready to make that next push. You know, they got to the divisional round. They got a little taste of the playoffs. Here they come. And, and no, no, they, they didn't go anywhere. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, you could probably have seen the the Seahawks downfall. I don't think we were too high on the Seahawks before the season, but the Cleveland, I really thought Cleveland would be there at the end. I thought Cleveland would be at least in the running yeah. to win the division, and, and no, they're gonna have a top twelve pick. All right, last thing I got for today is a kind of look back at the rookies. So there were six rookies taken. I'm now throwing Davis Mills in here. Um, and when we are approaching the final part of the year, I think all of the rookies have shown us at least a little something to make the fans happy, right? Is there any, uh, Trey Lance came in last week and played, he looked clueless at times, he looked competent at times, which is at least exciting because you gave up three first round picks for him, which is another story. But Zell, you've got Zach Wilson he really was – it was a scary moment up until last week where he starts to put things together. And you see a lot of those things you've been asking him to do. Take the checkdowns, take what's available, and then let yourself make the big throws when you need to. Don't force the big throws forever. He kind of clicked into that. Is that continuity? Are you excited for next year going forward? It seems like you guys have a couple good pieces. Yeah, I mean, he he's ending this – you know what? Since he's come back from that MCL – when he missed about a month, he's been really good. Um, at one point in the beginning of the season and earlier in the year, he was top two in interceptions. And now he's like, I think, 17th or 18th. He hasn't had a turnover in, I think, his last, like, eight games. Um, and like I had mentioned earlier, we were missing our wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, running back one after the first quarter because he got concussed, running back two, tight end one, tight end two, starting center, starting left tackle, and we still should have won that game against, you know, the Bucs. Um, he, he's looked well. And I think earlier it was so crazy because, like, when he was having those accuracy issues in the in short game and intermediate game and the turnovers and things like that, like, that wasn't him at BYU. He arguably was the most accurate passer of all the quarterbacks coming out of this draft class. So when you're seeing that, it kind of made me think, like, okay, I think this is more of a confidence issue him you know having the yips whatever it is like it's just this is not anything mechanical and he's showing that now because he was accurate at all facets short pass intermediate pass deep passes 
and he's not turning the ball over. So I'm looking forward to next season. They need to continue to keep getting, you know, more pieces around him and hopefully we can stay healthy. Um, but for all the other rookie quarterbacks, I, I agree. I think like, obviously for a point there, Mac Jones was looking the best. Um, he came into the best situation, best team overall. Um, but he's looked solid. Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> Let's stop there. Cause I have a little he, trivia question for he, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Trevor Lawrence. How many, uh, I'm going to set the over under at six. How many times this year do you guys think that the Jaguars crossed 20 points? I'm only asking for 20. That's not a lot of points. How many times do you think that they crossed 20 points? I'm going to set the over-under at six. You guys go over or under six? Under. I think it's four. I'm going under six. It is four. It is four. And three of those, they were only at 21 points. (laughs) 21. Yeah. Bro, he hadn't thrown a touchdown. I think he he went – it's from like Halloween. He hadn't thrown a touchdown for almost like two months. That makes it sense because they scored like 20 points from Halloween forward. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> like it was really bad. And like, yeah, the urban stuff and yeah and all that. But he just didn't look good, bro. I watched that whole Jets-Jags game and he just, he didn't look good. No, that, <laughs> that team has abandoned him. At all. Uh, the problem with Trevor Lawrence is that whole team has abandoned him. The defense ain't any good. The head coaching ain't any good. The offensive coaching ain't any good. Like, Urban Meyer was a disaster. Everyone on that staff, Urban Meyer hired. Like, if the guy conducting the the uh, hirings sucks, you think he's going to hire the right people? Like, that's the biggest problem in Jacksonville right now is you have Trevor Lawrence, and you turn around and you're going to have to go, I'm going to have to get rid of everybody. And the offense, and here's the, they're going to get the number one pick again. again. A fucking again. They fired their coach midway through the year after he did all kinds of crazy shit, hired a racist strength and conditioning coach, finger blasted a girl's anus, <laughs> um, kicked a kicker. Uh, and then, and, and those are the things we know about. And then they fire him. He took no responsibility. The, you know, there's that whole thing where uh, we saw it in Oakland or Las Vegas where they fire Gruden. New coach comes in. The new coach has a lot of respect. The players like him. And you can see they play hard. Jacksonville, new coach comes in. Everyone sucks still. Everything sucks still. No more energy. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm filming commercials 24-7, and I'm done with this season. I'll see you assholes next year. I go to ownership, and I go, figure this out. Uh, you got to figure this out now uh, or trade me because I'm not going to sit around here in Jacksonville and deal with this bullshit. There are a lot of teams that would trade. I mean, if you're Denver, I'm giving up three first-round picks to get a hold of Trevor Lawrence. I'm not giving up on Trevor Lawrence in any way, shape. Oh no, or not at all. Still this too was early for that. This yeah. was a plane wreck. So the Jags on I the year. I think he might be the only one. You know, they're yeah. they're minus two nineteen on the season in point differential. <laughs> the next lowest team yeah. is the Lions. You know, who's also at the bottom of the standings at minus one forty nine. They're almost a full eighty points Holy worse shit. than the next worst team. You said two nineteen. Two nineteen is their negative two nineteen point differential. That's that's thirteen and a half points a game. They are averaging losing by thirteen and a half a game, and they have two wins, yep. right? So they have two wins, and they're still losing games by fourteen points. <laughs> that's, that's a so disaster, bro. They're they're doing him a disservice. Like you can see yeah. the talent. He you can't teach a lot of the stuff that he has. 
but it's just I don't see how yeah I don't see how it's gonna get better like what are yeah Etienne's gonna come back next season but I mean right (laughs) they've got a lot more holes and issues that they need versus whatever the number one pick's gonna bring and I that you know hopefully they can sign some people in free agency but it was it was dreadful this year like he (laughs) I would definitely say they need to trade back they they should and collect a whole bunch of assets. Collect, shit, you could say Davis Mills looked better than him, <laughs> you know, for the amount of time that he got played. Davis Mills yeah, yeah, did you would look be right if you said that. Right, Davis Mills too. So I mean, it's it, it wasn't a good first year for him, you know. At least, and he's not even ending no. the season well. So one more stuff. No, they they got nothing. The Jags yeah. scored the least amount of points in the league this year and gave up the second most points in the league this year so across the board it's not just trevor lawrence across the board they need to fix that roster i want to give him a little bit of leeway because like who's his number one receiver dj chark's been gone all year but Mm -hmm. i give trevor lawrence a pass i put trevor lawrence in that un you you are unable to grade trevor lawrence because everything else around him is so fucking bad so bad like what do you if Trevor Lawrence does something bad and you look at that roster, you're not like, man, Trevor's costing them wins. Like, Trevor has to play perfect as a rookie with no help whatsoever and no guidance, and they'd still lose every game. Like, this is this is an abject disaster if you're Shad Khan, the owner. Like, you said Brent, Brent Urban's your uh, – fucking Urban's your guy. He's not. He's terrible. He's already gone. I don't know. Um, let, let's slide around to the other rookies. Trey Lance comes in. I, I'm almost going to put him in the same situation I put Trevor Lawrence. He just didn't play any time this year. We're, we might see him next week here. But there was some encouraging things. Uh, Zell, from the little bit we've seen of Trey Lance, if you're a fan, you gave up th- three. Let's say you're a 49er fan. You gave up three first-round picks. The guy can't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. Seems like he's starting to put it together now, uh, at least in terms of getting on the field. Um are you disappointed you guys drafted him this year when you look at it and go, there's three first, we're already a playoff team without him? Um, or do you say, hey, we're a playoff team without him? Imagine if he turns into a good quarterback. Uh, as of right now, I would be disappointed at how much they gave up for him, but I would be excited about the upside that he has. Like, low-key to me, he's like kind of like a reincarnation of Kaepernick with how he throws the ball and his dual threat ability. Um I like Trey Lance. I think he can be good. He just needs reps. He needs time. Even in college, he only played like had one full season as a starter. Um, and then yeah. he didn't even play his last season. He just needs more time and more reps. I think he's really young for his class too. Um, so yes. I think he has great upside actually. And with the weapons that they have there, I think between him, Mitchell and Debo and who they, I mean, I know we've talked about Kyle Shanahan on here, but I think he's still a decent play caller. And George Kittle, they've got weapons. Lance just needs more time playing the position, and I think he'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, and and that really leaves just Justin Fields. I mean, Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Leo, you want to break down? Mac Jones, you've seen a little bit of AFC team bouncing around, um, and you definitely kept an eye on them when they were in the one seat kind of driving through. What's your takeaways from Mac Jones? My man, Mac Jeezy. I love Mac Jones. 
the Patriots were the spot where I wanted him to land before the season. I did a little mock draft. I mocked Mac Jones to the Patriots at yep. 15. That's exactly where he ended up, and that's exactly where I thought he should end up. Yes. Uh, I like Mac Jones. I didn't like Mac Jones as a top three pick going to San Fran and trying to run that offense, but I'm going to eat crow on that too. Uh, I think that he should have been an earlier pick. He probably should have been a top three pick. I like him. He doesn't make mistakes. He makes the plays that he needs to make. Honestly, I think Mac Jones could make more plays. The, the Patriots just don't want to put him in that position, and they would rather hand the ball off to Ramondre and uh, and Damian Harris 30 times. So uh, I yeah. think he could do more, and I think that he he's the best rookie quarterback after one year. I mean, I know we love Davis Mills, and I'm willing to give Davis Mills his flowers and his credit, but uh, Mac gave us a full season of work, and, and it looked pretty good for the most part. So I I like Mac Jones. I think the future is bright over there in the, in in New England. I I like Mac. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comp for Mac Jones, and I'm gonna get slaughtered for it. I think Mac Jones has potential to be the next Alex Smith. Ooh, that's that's not I a bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. I I think that's exactly where I, when you look at his. There was a play earlier this year where he tried to air it out to a wide receiver, and that ball went 40 yards. And that was everything Matt could put under a football. <laughs> and I went, if you can't stretch the field like that, you are limited. And he that is. was always Alex Smith's problem. He's limited. He can't, couldn't hit that. Alex Smith was control the game for you, keep you in the game, never make the mistake, follow the offense, listen to the coaches. You know your limitations. I think Mac Jones is going to fit into that mold. He is not the next Tom Brady. People comparing him, I'm like, let's shut the fuck up a little bit. Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl and is in the playoffs again as a top three seed. Mac Jones is a wild card uh, team who just got whipped up on by Buffalo where they could have secured the playoffs. So I really think Mac Jones is going to end up somewhere like Alex Smith. That's where I see him being, right in that realm. And, and Alex Smith was never a world beater. Alex Smith was a good quarterback. Um, his best years with Andy Reid in Kansas City before Patrick Mahomes took over. Um, I think Alex Smith, I think Mac Jones is going to have a pretty similar career. I think he could actually bounce around a little bit later in his career as teams start looking for that replacement. But I think great so far on the year. He's done everything they've wanted him to do. He doesn't turn the ball over. They, they, they just don't let him really. Um, and here's another thing. If you're a poorly coached team, he can run that offense to put up an infinite amount of points on you. Uh, they just put 50 or 50 burger on the Jaguars. Uh, that is what that team can do if you're not prepared for them. Is there any thoughts on that? I think Mac went to the perfect team and situation for the type of quarterback he yep. is. He's more cerebral than anything like athletic wise. And Belichick and McDaniels, Josh McDaniels were the perfect landing spot for him because if he went into any of those other situations with Jacksonville with the Jets with maybe with the 49ers he could have been all right but it's a different type of offense I don't think he would have been as successful so it, it just kind of worked out for both sides he really did go to the perfect team and um they for his rookie year they knew exactly you know how to utilize him and play to his strength so it'll be just interesting to see how he progresses you know um and what other pieces they could kind of put around him. Yeah, it's going to be weird because with his arm strength, a big-time wide receiver, you're going to look at someone faster than you are separation. Um, so last quarterback on the list, we'll quickly cover it. Uh, we got to wrap up here. Uh, Justin Fields, another kind of lost year with everything going around. Saw huge flashes from him. 
Um, I think you just got to see what the next coaching staff brings in. There's a lot of lot of talk that it might be uh, the other Harbaugh brother might be coming back to the pros. Um, the, his contract's expiring there in Michigan. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I think Justin Fields is a quarterback that has some weapons around if Robinson stays healthy and the backfield of Montgomery. Uh, the line needs fucking huge amounts of help, and he just needs an offensive coordinator that can help kind of keep the, keep the train running uh, while he's struggling. Like you said, Mac Jones, uh, Kyle Shanahan, these are people who can help the quarterback when the quarterback's playing. Uh, that is not Matt Nagy. Definitely so, not. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that Justin Fields, uh, has, I think all five quarterbacks and Davis Mills, Davis Mills throws some great balls, and Houston won more games than I expected them to, and a lot of that was due to Davis Mills playing well. Um, so I think that at all six of the rookies that were taken this year that have played, if you're there are none of them where you're like that ain't working there's no josh rosens everybody has something that they're going to go into next season happy with looking for that sophomore breakout uh excluding zach wilson before we go here zell who is your rookie quarterback most likely to break out next year i mean quarter rookie this year gonna see a second year jump give us a name i'm gonna go with man there's so much unknown because we don't know who's coaching and all that um I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence uh, just because I do like, like, the traits and things like that that he has. And, I mean, it's Jacksonville, but if they fuck up this coaching hire back-to-back years, then I – he's then they're the Jaguars Jaguars. so I'm in the Um, hope that they bring somebody in and like he's the main centerpiece and attraction of why a coach would come to Jacksonville um, and bring somebody who can just you know play to his strength so it, it was between him and Trey Lance for me I would say those two Leo, Justin Fields, I think that he already has all the offensive pieces that he needs. If they go into the draft and free agency, fix that old line and get a coach that actually wants him to score points, then I think that he'll have a breakout year next year. I'm going with Justin Fields as well. Same reasons. And with that, Leo, take us out. All right. And that's a wrap on the first episode of 2022. Just wanted to take a second and just say thank you to all the new listeners that came aboard in the last year. I think we saw listenership go up over 100% for the year, and that's amazing. So I appreciate all you guys listening. appreciate all the new listeners, all the old listeners, and everyone that shared. That's all I got for you. Until next week, we'll see you. We appreciate you. Be safe. Give no fucks, getting busy out the cut. Nigga, what? And we do it to a Mississippi. Sing the song, shy nigga, but I think she pretty. So a song, baby. Call to the lost in deep, deep. Had it all twisted, dead wrong. How do I find what I can see? Lord, I was born to be strong. Yes, yes, before I stress, I gotta get that feeling. This is just a sweet interlude. Nah, nah, amen. And the dice is totally coming.